Welcome to the Elite Foundations podcast, how to build an elite foundation physically and mentally to win at life. No theory, just real world results. Your hosts are Dr. Emil, ex-emergency doctor, entrepreneur, and health coach, and myself, Edomar, ex-Israeli special forces, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. So today, this week, we're going to be doing something slightly different. Up till now, we've done case studies of people we've worked with and then taken away relevant points, which might help you guys. For the next few, we're going to talk and discuss some concepts. And during the preamble, as we were planning, Itamar dropped this concept and basically just said, I want to talk about why your values are irrelevant. And I'm a huge fan of values. I have values. I think and journal on my values quite often. I live by my values. And I thought, right, this sounds juicy. Let's just start recording because what's going to happen is we're going to argue about this for 30 minutes and then try and record a podcast on it. So this is totally raw, totally unfiltered. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what he's going to say. And I'm probably going to initially disagree and then come around and agree with him eventually. So Itamar, what the hell are you on about? (laughs) So here's the thing. The reason I say your values are irrelevant is because most people have certain values that they live by and they have a certain result that they want. And the two don't align in a way that's actually going to work. So like, if you say, for example, this is what I want out of my life, but you also say these are my values, then you're probably not going to get what you want out of your life. Unless you come with an intentionality of why these things are my values, it's not going to work. So the reason I say like your values are irrelevant is because usually the the values you currently say you like, you hold on to the things that are important to you. If you're also saying this is what I want out of life, then those values are irrelevant because you haven't thought about it the whole way through. You just can't randomly come up with values that seem nice to you. It's like if you come up with a business plan, you're not going to say, oh, randomly, let's do this. Let's do content. Let's do marketing. Let's do sales. You're going to know. Actually, if we want, this is the outcome we want for the business for this year, this quarter. What are the projects that we need to have? What are the pillars of the business? And it's the same thing with values. If you just randomly say, okay, let's talk about things that I like, values to me. I value freedom. I value kindness. I value courage, whatever it may be. But those things don't actually align to what you want out of life. You're not going to get there. However, if you say and come to a conclusion of this is what I want out of life, this is the end destination, and then say to yourself, okay, if this is what somebody wants out of life, what needs to be their values? What would they value in order to achieve that? And then you have to let go of what you think you currently value and adopt that if you want that result. And then on top of that, you also have to recognize that there's there's perceived values and actual values. Like actual values, what we most of us really value is comfort. That's what we're genetically engineered to have, to be comfortable, to be safe. And you have to recognize that also your perceived values are not your actual values. So more probable than not, more likely than not, your current values are irrelevant towards where you're heading because you haven't really sought that through and reverse engineered if this is where I want to get to, what need to be my values. I can see you're smiling and half upset, half annoyed, go for it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm bouncing, yes. You can't see the video. So let me give a different context, right? So we've had this discussion f- before, and maybe this is another podcast. You know, what is your why? What do you want from life? 
right? And one of the outcomes that came from it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you didn't have some big traumatic experience or some big reason to have a significant why, then you're going to struggle to artificially create a why, right? Which is potentially my case because I have nothing that I'm like, oh, I want to save the world. I want to, you know, cure so cancer. So I'll say this. Yeah, so there's differences. For example, you might not have this whole, like, I want to save the world, I want to cure cancer. So it's why when I work with my clients, they either have to have a why for people who do have something big that's emotionally attached, this big aspiration that's that's unique. But most people, they just have a where. So it's like either you have a why or you're where. Where is where do you want to arrive at at the end of your life? And when you're 70 years old and you look back at things, what are the things that you want to have accomplished? How do you want to live? How do you want to have feel? Like, how do you want to feel then? And that needs to be your where. And then you say, if somebody wants to arrive there, what do their value systems need to be in order to facilitate that? So I agree entirely, but I think then the next bit to that sequence is, so I don't have a why and anywhere that you set out or any arbitrary goal that you set out is by definition arbitrary and the point isn't the goal, right? So if it's to earn a certain amount of money or live in a certain place or whatever else, these things aren't what is going to bring you happiness. What is going to bring you happiness? And If I may interject just one thing. Because what you're saying, the goal is arbitrary, but right now those things you said about where to live or like what kind of money, what kind of money to make and so on, those are external goals. So yes, they can be arbitrary, but I said also, how do you want to feel when you're 70? Those are internal goals. And I think the internal goals, they're not arbitrary at all. You can say, okay, if I want to be when I'm 70, I want to be very content and at peace. That's when courage comes into play a lot. Because you'll say, you know what, if I don't act courageously, I'm going to have regret. So maybe that needs to be one of my values. And so I think the external goals, yes, they're more arbitrary. But internal ones, I disagree with a bit. I mean, sure. So right, let's forget about external goals. We've agreed that they're arbitrary and they're almost, that they form a reason for the journey in a way, but they're not that important. So we're talking about internal goals. I mean, let's be honest. Contentment and peace are probably universal, Right you know, yeah. no regrets, that kind of thing. So, you know, that almost kind of like, you know, in maths, that, that deletes them. You can just get rid of them because everyone wants those. So there's no... Why Why should you delete them if everybody wants them then? Well, because then you, like, why is there not a universal set of values that everyone wants? Because the end goal is essentially the same. Well, because first off, not everybody's, will, not everybody actually wants that. Like, Not everybody for wants example, to make peace and no regrets. They don't want contentment, peace, no regrets as much as they want comfort. That's why I was talking about perceived values and real values. When you study mm-hmm. like cultures from an anthropological perspective, there's what the culture says they value and then what they actually value. And you can see it through their actions. The reality is that most people value comfort over every other, every other thing. That's just the reality when you look at it. It's why most people don't have the life that they want to have. And it really is like it's a harsh truth, but it is the truth. And the thing with contentment and like having peace of mind and all that kind of stuff is that it requires effort. And if you want to have that, that's going to, th- that's going to force you to value, um, delayed gratification, for example, or yeah. pursuit of excellence. And it is going to put you on the hook 
And what I'm saying with a lot of these values are, it's not that it's that it's a nice to have because what I what I dislike the most about most uh, value exercise, you know, like let's figure out your values, let's talk about them, let's see where your strengths are, where your star is, and all that kind of jazz, is that it's just there to make you feel nice. When I work with my clients about their values, it's being okay. This is the life you want. These are the values that you need to have. This is the standard. This is the you need to put yourself on the hook for this because this is what you want. So for it's those people, are those, are those values universal then? Pursuits of excellence, uh, courage. Like, does that mean that courage, for people who want that? For, yes, courage is basically all my clients across the board, but that could also be obviously why they're attracted to what I do. It has that kind of military background. So it could be that that's just what I see. Um, but uh, yeah, the pursuit of excellence is common, not for everybody. But what they see a lot of times when they do this exercise, first we figure out their why or their where. And then when we say, okay, what needs to be the values of somebody who wants to achieve this? And all of a sudden, they discover there's a discrepancy between what they've been valuing up until now and what they need to value in order to achieve their desired outcomes. And again, my question is, are those... Because essentially, we're talking about self-actualization here, right? Fulfilling yes. your potential, contentment, peace, winning at life, whatever you want to call it. I mean, literally, the reason we started this podcast was to build a foundation to advance yeah. to that. So... You know, you're saying that this is what people want to achieve. So what I'm asking is, is there a fixed set of values for people who get to a stage where they want to achieve self-actualization? You know, is courage pursuit of excellence? Because pursuit of excellence is fundamental in self-actualization if self-actualization is fulfilling your potential. Yeah, so it's interesting because I think, let's put it this way, in a sterile environment, where we didn't have any previous life experiences and you just created like people, you know, out of the womb, these kind of perfect individuals, I think, yes, they would have this very clear set of values that everybody needed to do that in order to achieve, because that'd be the optimal. However, we all have different life experiences that steer our psyche into different ways and cause us to behave in different ways. And a lot of times we need to attach to a sense, to a set of values that can basically correct our mental limitations or our mental issues. So for example, like I'm not going to talk about him because he hasn't shared his name publicly yet, but one of the guys that we both know that I work with, one of his values that he decided he needs to have and he needs to focus in on is kindness because he was just uber successful at a very young age and it started making him condescending. And it was condescending because he was insecure. And he realized, oh, oh, wow, okay, I need to be more kind and not just to others, but to myself in order to be kind to others. And for example, that's not probably something that you would need as your core value, because that's something you're naturally very kind person. Like when I met you, I remember you're a very generous, very gracious person. But because his life experience took him in a different, like took him off center, let's call it, he needs to value that in order to come back to center and proceed to where he really wants to. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. That's almost like the values will fill in the gaps to allow you to get to a point to then continue onwards. Exactly. Yeah. And I suppose the other thing is, I mean, it's almost, it's literally semantic, is different words and phrases have different meanings to people from life experience. So what one person might relate to courage, someone else might call it something different, but it's actually a very similar thing. So again, you would, I suppose, get a different set of values. So again, to go back to my story, 
the we talked about the why and getting to this end point and i concluded again from this discussion with you in the post that i saw that for me to be content and fulfilled at the end of my life it was less about hitting arbitrary goals external goals and much more about living in a certain way that i wouldn't regret and that allowed me to come up with values of freedom growth and uh health so as long as i lived to those values i i would technically theoretically enjoy my days and be content and happy at the end and since then i've added kind of constraints or caveats or extra values whatever you want to call them but those are still the core and i think i live to those every day and you know it kind of goes between them sometimes if i focus on growth too much then my health is compromised so then i find the midline again and it kind of fluctuates between the different areas is that in keeping with your theory or am i do i need to reevaluate my values so this is honestly where i it's a bit hard for me to answer because we're doing this on a public forum and i have some background information on you as well that like when i look at like what's actually going on there that i'd have you're, to bring up you're welcome to go in okay so here's the thing what i was talking about actual values and perceived values I fully agree with you 100% that those are your top three things that you want to value. Yeah. I agree that you want to value. However, you want this, what usually you say you want this, and this is not you, this is everybody. We say we want this, but we're more connected to something else. There's something else that subconsciously we're more connected that we value more. And we end up acting on that instead of what we say our perceived values are. And we talked about this a little bit, but it's like, you go so hard on the growth trajectory because you desire that validation that you took the right path away from medicine. And that validation that also will come from your father because he was a doctor and he didn't know why you left medicine. And so you go way, way harder than you should on that trajectory because you're actually more connected to that value of receiving love, of being validated. That's what you really value right now. And, it's, and again, it's just super understandable. We all want that. But that's something to recognize that like that's there's a difference between your perceived values and how you're actually behaving right now because of that. Because that fear is usually a lot of that fear of like losing love or whatever it may be. It's really much stronger than the things we want, the values. So yeah, let me let me kind of expand on that and flip that. So what you're saying then is that growth is less of value for me and more a almost like a rebound reaction to my life experiences in terms of I'm seeking validation through growth, which is why I then made growth a value so that I give almost give myself permission to continue doing that. It's a defense mechanism. It's a way to to basically correct whatever's going on. Like you're trying to fix your emotional problem with money problems, with like money, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. that money, because it's very, very tangible and you can see that you're making a lot more and it keeps going up you're like oh wow i'm doing something really good but the reality is those external things really don't fix the internal things that we want like you you're so we talk about this a lot you grow so much and it's amazing honestly with a friend it's inspiring to see how much you grow your business but you're still going to go off the deep end to a place where you're not even healed with your values until you resolve that internal thing like no amount of money is going to solve that desire to have that validation 
For sure. And you know what? Superficially, I'm aware of this. And, you know, I'm working with a therapist on that and many other things. We all have holes that we need to, you know, work on and fix. So I suppose then the question is, should growth be one of my values then? I mean, is there, because I do like growing and learning, or at least I think I like growing and learning. I feel like I enjoy it. Now, some of that is definitely going to be seeking validation and, you know, uh, filling a hole. But I feel at least a part of that is authentic. I like it for the sake of it, right? You know, if I was on a desert island and no one would ever know about it, I would probably still try and learn how to build huts out of trees and, you know, how to do whatever. I'd still value growth. So is the answer then in a practical level, which drives my therapist nuts whenever I say, right, so what's the practical solution to all this mumbo jumbo? So do I get rid of growth as a value or do I try and, you know, morph it into, go on. Let me ask you the question. You know me, okay? And for anybody who doesn't know me, um, background in special forces, competed in, in combat sports at the very highest levels. And I would say I'm a pretty tough dude, okay? Would it steer me in the right direction in life if I valued toughness and resiliency or would that take me over the edge? I mean, I see what you're saying, but I, I feel that you can have it and, and control it. Like, it's still a value of yours. Exactly. But it's not one of my primary ones. It's still a value. And I'm not going to lose it. And I think that's the big thing. It's like, you're not going to lose growth. But the reality is, if you lean into it and you say it's one of my top three things, it, it could lead you in the wrong direction. Because it's so tempting to lean into that and go overboard because you're getting validate. You're trying to get validation from there for something that's missing. Like growth is a part of you. Like you will never all of a sudden become a lazy individual who becomes overweight and is just okay making, you know, like $2,000 a month and living on a beach somewhere in Southeast Asia. That's never going to be you. And I think it's something important to realize when you create a gap analysis of the kind of life you want right now and how you're living right now. So the kind of life you want to have for yourself and how you're living right now, you'll see that more growth is probably not going to be the path there. So like we said about that life experience, how there needs to be corrections. I would say the three values are probably what the thing that are missing right now. That validation, like you just being complete. Like how you say health, I say like, and you think about mental health, I would say emotional health as well. I think the moment you get your emotional health, like as a value, say this is something that I'm going to dive into this year and I'm going to make an effort to fill that out with, you know, family, whatever it may be. That desire to go overboard with growth is not going to be so strong anymore. Because this is going to be more of a logical thing. Right now, emo- growth for you is an emotional thing. It's not a logical thing. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to adjust your values to the gap between how you want to live and how you're living right now. And that's why I say your current values are irrelevant. Because they're not leading you to the life you want. So let's just go back again to the, to the, the three values. Growth, okay, we've spoken about. I uh, agree to a degree. Now, health is one of my other values. And again, it's something that I don't think I'm doing it out of, you know, trying to fill a hole, maybe previously as a bodybuilder, but less so now. But it's still something I'm very, very good at. It's still something that I probably, yeah. in, in this example, don't need to value because it's still it's almost like a secondary value in your kind of special forces toughness example. Like health is never not going to be a value for me. Yeah. So I can almost relegate I agree, but- it to 
second level. I'll say this though. It's like, it's interesting because I don't have an answer for this. I'm just kind of thinking out loud with you right now. It's like, there's a reason we created this podcast, Lee Foundations, based on mindset and health. And I do think health, you know, I mean, it's a really important foundational thing to value because it gives you the ability to propel upwards in other verticals. So I don't know, honestly, if it shouldn't, if that's not something that I'll just keep there because it just helps you keep growing in other ways. You know what I mean? Like if your health um, went to bits or whatnot, you know what I mean? So I suppose on one hand, everyone should have health as a core value because it's so freaking important. But there are people who use health as an excuse to feed other things and they potentially shouldn't similar to my growth so let's put it this way what are your three values health growth freedom okay you know the the classic like the trifecta of marketing the health wealth relationships yeah which one are you missing uh probably relationships right now yep and that's the thing it's like because you're missing something that attacks that that vertical that we really all need as human beings, you're going overboard with other things to try to compensate for it. If one of your values was somewhere around relationships, that could probably fix that stuff that you said, okay, like I want to deal with the stuff that I have between me and my father. It might be an immensely simple things to deal with, just having a conversation. But because you never thought, like you don't think about that proactively and you don't have that intentionality, then it leads to growth just consuming you. So just to go deeper into that, and we're already going quite deep, but I was in a relationship when I had these values, um, when I developed these values, whatever you want to say, but it ended, right? So evidently something wasn't quite right. So that even though I was in a relationship by, you know, it's official on Facebook, it wasn't, a healthy relationship and it wasn't filling that relationship hole so potentially what that may mean is that there's a relationship with myself that i need to fix to make myself whole before and having a relationship or not is almost irrelevant it's the relationship with yourself which then allows you to be complete which then allows you to fulfill that and it stop and stop it being a a gap does that I see you nodding, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where my head was going. It's like yeah. when people say relationships, I think the biggest the biggest thing people miss is not external, it's internal. Yeah. It's like you first have to, the moment you can have a sound relationship with yourself, you can have a great relationship with others. And in order to have a sound relationship with yourself, you have to dig into what's going on in your mind. What are your insecurities? What are your fears? What are the things that cloud your judgment and cause you to act irrationally and emotionally? Because like, let's, an example, if you're talking to somebody else and they're constantly emotional and they're not able to be rational with you and logical, it's not going to be a healthy relationship, right? You're always getting into fights because you're both emotional. That's what happens to most of us inside of our own heads. We need to first resolve that before we can move forward. Now, again, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, get 100% at peace with yourself and only then look for other people to enjoy life with. It's not at all, but that needs to be a big focus, which I think is extremely overlooked. That's... The, the basis of like what I do, it's not about how can people create more discipline in their careers or whatever it may be. It's like, can we create a sound internal relationship with yourself because we remove all of your fears and all your insecurities so you can actually act on what we now figure out needs to be your values and then achieve what you want to achieve. Like, I'm a big believer that you first have to do everything internal before you try to fix the external. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, whatever you want to call it, fixing the internal, healing the wounds, Processing the traumas, 
Yeah. It all, it, it's a requirement. It's a requirement for self-actualization. Yeah. And it's a, it's a requirement for, as you say, hitting the externals, you know, pursuing wealth, becoming a billionaire doesn't actually fix anything if you don't have everything else in order. If anything, it distracts from getting the real things in order. It, it even So I worked with a, a billionaire for about two and a half years with Chief of Security, for anybody who doesn't know. And I saw a lot of, I was hanging around a lot of billionaires because they just liked me and they brought me in, whatever it may be. And it's not that it doesn't help, it actually does the opposite. Because you could see they were very angry a lot of times. They were angry, like, why have I made all this money? I have all these people work for me and I'm not happy. What the, <laughs> I'm not going to complete, but that was kind of their thought process. It wasn't that they were like, okay, I figured this part out. Let me figure the next part out. It was this like real anger that they had about why isn't this resolved yet? Why are my happiness issues resolved? I should be happy. I've built it to this level. And I think it actually do the opposite because then like you find yourself at 60 years old with the emotional toolkit of a 20-year-old, but a financial toolkit of a billionaire. And that discrepancy is also, it's really hard to all of a sudden start doing something that you're bad at, which is talking about like what's going on inside your head emotionally, what's going on with your family, because you're used to just being the big boss. And you're used to being, let's say, a black belt in a certain area, and all of a sudden you have to go into white belt. And it's a very tough thing to do. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a topic for a different podcast, but there's this concept if people are used to success, they find it very difficult to be mediocre at something yeah. and to be vulnerable enough to be mediocre at something. Therefore, their success in one area, business, might compromise them trying to achieve mental health or even normal health. You know, like people give up yeah. when it gets difficult because they're like, I'm shit at this. This is unacceptable. I need to protect my ego. I'm out. I'll go back to making money, which is what I'm good at. Yeah. So I'll say that. I'll just tie it in because I think this is a great way um, to kind of bring it full circle. What you said about protecting the ego. We usually go, we say our values instinctively when people do those exercises, like, what are your values? We do things that are protecting our ego. We say we want to do this. These, I value this. I value that. Like, these are things that you're comfortable with, that you're capable of, that you already do. But when you take people out of it all of a sudden, you say, okay, what do you want out of life? Where do you want to get to with your business in order for that to be a reality? And then you say, okay, forget about you for a second. Forget about your ego, your emotions, all your insecurities, whatever it may be. If somebody else said they wanted to achieve this, what needs to be their values? And then all of a sudden you can see a gap because the ego isn't involved in that person, that fictional person they make up. And that's why I say your values are irrelevant. It's not that values are irrelevant, but your values right now are probably irrelevant because you haven't thought about this in that manner. If you haven't done this as a post or an ebook or a lead magnet yet, you really need to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I think you're right. Let's, let's bring this around the full circle and wrap up because we're coming up to the 30 minutes. So that last little bit that you mentioned is a really good exercise to do. Imagine another person and what their values would need to be to achieve what you want to achieve internally at the end of your life, right? You're where? Yeah. Any it's other? Like basically, what? It... Go on, go on. Any no, other so tips like... for just that value exercise? No, it just you have to figure out what you want out of life. There's ways to do that to get clear on that. Then you have to figure out 
like again, like what would that person want? And if you can figure out a couple of main key elements of what that means and then draw down, let's say, for example, a very easy one is eight figure business. Okay. So for eight figure business, what would need to be their values for that? And the next ring down the ladder is that we won't get into today is from those values, you have to distill philosophies. So very tangible mental modules you can apply in various situations so that it's easier for you to act on those values so that can lead you to your success. So you say, okay, like I have this value in the realm of, let's call it finance, of wealth. So how are, let me talk about three to five main philosophies I need to employ. And then you can, when you're in situations where you don't know what to do, instead of just leaning on your default, you can pull out those philosophies, employ them, and you can wake your, work your way to success. They're almost like habits or heuristics, like uh, programs that you run. Yeah. Heuristics, I would say, it was like more awesome. less so habits, more so heuristics, because they're not they're not habits. They're not easy to do, but it's like, oh, I want this. Yeah, yeah. This is how I need to behave in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, standards. I think that's what I say. I, it's all about standards. It's not about philosophies or values, because it's nice to have. It's about setting a standard that you need to live up to if you want to get what you want out of life. I mean, boom. Let's do another podcast exactly on that because let's let's break it down further. But I think for today we've gone we've gone the full circle. Um, my values are truly meaningless and I apologize. I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, in all seriousness, it's food for thought. It's made me think. And actually, you know, I had uh, other secondary values. Actually, what I've realized is my secondary values are my core values and my core values are my secondary Mm. values. Um, Interesting. Because those are the things which I afterwards realized were important to constrain my core values, but actually it's not that way. It's my, my constraints are actually what I need to focus on. Things like authenticity, simplicity, and the concept of enough. These are the things that I need to double down on, which will allow me to do everything else. Anyway, that was awesome. And more of that next week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye.